0: The value of direct primary care can be seen in Dr. Josh Umber's direct primary care clinics, particularly in the story of a young woman battling a brain tumor. The 21 year old patient faced a $24,000 chemotherapy bill through her traditional insurance. Umber and his Wichita, Kansas clinic could provide the same treatments for $1,900. The young woman and her family could handle $1,900 over six months. They couldn't fathom paying for a health care bill 12 times that a month. No wonder so many people are leaving the broken traditional third-party health insurance system and opting for a direct, personal, and much more cost-effective relationship with their doctor. I'm Matt Kittle, and I spoke with Dr. Umber this week on the Dan Connery Show on News Talk 1310 WIBA. His story is featured here at the MacGyver Report Extra Podcast. I've said this on many occasions, and I'll say it again. If we are ever going to truly get out of the mess that is the American health care system, the private sector will have to lead the way. Enter direct primary care. Transparent, cost-effective medicine that in many ways is revolutionizing health care. But will direct primary care make it past the special interest buzzsaw in Wisconsin? Dr. Josh Umber, a Kansas primary care physician and DPC advocate, testified before a legislative committee yesterday. He has an important story to tell, and he joins us right now to tell that story. Good morning, sir. How are you?
1: Excellent sir. Thanks for having
0: us on. Well, thank you so much for being here. Now, you testified from Kansas uh, via Skype yesterday to this legislative committee. Give us kind of an overview of what you told the committee and overall what direct primary care is.
1: Sure. Uh, You know, the main goal was to educate the members on what it is and how it can be used as a tool mm-hmm. to improve health care, health access, and affordability for patients. Uh, so we told them a little bit about our background. We started this model um, September second, 2010, and we've helped over 500 physicians convert to this model in the last few years. So it's really picking up you know, pace, but uh, the, the crux of the model is a affordable membership, typically based on age. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our adults are going to be $50 a month. The kids are $10 a month for unlimited home visits, work visits, office visits, uh, unlimited telemedicine. So phone, text, email, video chat. We have no co for anything ever in the office. Uh, we have uh, any procedure that we can do is free. So stitches, biopsies, joint injections, <laughs> ultrasounds, bone scans, lung scans, etc. Um, all because those are just easy tests to do in the office, then we're always, as a movement, looking for ways to add value to our patients. So we can do unique things like wholesale medications in labs where we can literally get medicines for less than a penny a pill. We've even... Uh, are able to get breast cancer chemotherapy for six dollars a month Wow uh, relative to when patients are quoted hundreds of dollars a month and most blood tests are one two three four dollars so yearly blood tests would be maybe fifteen dollars so we can take all that value and just help any patient whether they're insured or uninsured but then we can go further and work with small businesses and their insurance company to decrease premiums by 30 to 60 percent so you know we joke it, it should sound a little too good to be true um you know that the sky is bluer the grass is greener this is just a, a smarter way of, of combining health care and health insurance
0: no it's true it, it is true and we have documented in macgyver institute uh, a number of different Public entities in this state, including La Crosse School District, La Crosse County Government, the City of La Crosse, they offer direct primary care uh, among their suite of benefits. And in one particular case, I can't remember if it was the school district or the county, but they saved phenomenally. More than that, because it was offered alongside their health insurance plan, they were one of the few out there that didn't see a huge spike the usual huge spike in premium cost, they were able to keep the same insurance uh, for the same amount of money year over year. These are some of the incredible stories we're hearing on direct primary care.
1: And and I think that's the amazing thing is... Um that ability to, to lower costs. Sometimes I think the idea of, of us being insurance-free means we're anti-insurance mm-hmm. or maybe anti-government. We're really just pro-efficiency. And so um, the insurance company can say, look, we have less paperwork now if you're not going to the pharmacy and paying $100 for medicine that we can get for $5. If you're not going to the emergency room to get stitches that your doctor can do for free, then we're just protecting downstream dollars. And The insurance company is happy because they can make more money while charging lower premiums and that means they're competitive and they can get more business and grow and and do better things so everybody's incentivized in in a way that Makes
0: sense. The cost differential is is amazing to me. You talk about pills for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars compared to a 100, 150 dollars more. Uh, that's just one of many areas of savings that you can see because of this uh, efficiency built into the system. Doctor Josh Umber joins us. He is a Kansas primary care physician and a direct primary care advocate, telling Kansas's DPC story to hopefully legislators who are willing to listen here in the state of wisconsin we'll get to that in just a moment but um direct primary care one of its huge benefits to me is the transparency factor as you said doctor people know uh, patients know going in what they're going to pay for the service in general, and what they're going to pay for all of the little you know procedures that go along with it. That in and of itself is such a difference from the current model of uh, an insurer being the the middle agent between the patient and the doctor.
1: Yep, um, I think the legislators had a, you know an understandable concern yesterday. How do we ensure? quality uh, to the patients. And I think it is that transparency. It's the fact that if at any time the patients aren't happy with the care they're getting, they can leave. But also we, we kind of have to be so forward now. Um, you know, the same reason I don't get my glasses at the eye doctors because mm-hmm. I, I can tell they're marked up. Right. So I, I kind of have a distrust there in that relationship, and we don't want any distrust to infiltrate our doctor-patient relationship. So we have to go above and beyond and be, you know, have a level of transparency that's really just unprecedented uh, in most healthcare experiences.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me that question, and I think it's an appropriate question uh, from people who don't understand direct primary care, and and I say that in in sincerity. I say that uh, not disparagingly, but people who are trying to get answers, and the legislature should do just that. But it's not like you doctors in direct primary care, and there are many, many doctors involved in direct primary care practices across this country and in the state of Wisconsin, um, uh, we need to point out. But it's not like you're not licensed, you don't go through the same you don't go through the same training. <laughs> you are doctors right. go to school and you have all the same licensure. Yes. So, so there really isn't an issue about providing quality care or what you, you folks are supposed to be doing.
1: I, yeah, exactly. We're, we're normal board-certified, uh, state-licensed physicians, and with all of the oversight that that includes, which is already you know fairly substantial, continuing education, etc. So, the, the legislators, I think, um, said, "Well, you know, where's the, the oversight? The oversight never came from insurance companies; they were just a, a billing tool. Uh, so we haven't we haven't changed that part of it. We've just changed how we." have we are paid in the system um, and to show our value, to to prove our our worth, we we are overly transparent. We can do the meds wholesale and the labs wholesale because that is part of the reason. And so um, like any other really industry, you are incentivized to show patients your worth. And we out-compete Best Buy or or Walgreens or, or other big box store come come shop here we have the best rates or we price match and and now healthcare is experiencing the, the, those same benefits
0: dr josh umber joins us on the dan conry show this morning we're talking about the power of direct primary care do you have a few minutes can you stay with us Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. I have a few more questions I want to get to, but we need to catch up on some business. We'll do that right now. More on direct primary care and how indeed it is changing the face and the shape of what we have known for so long in health insurance and health care in America. Uh, Doctor, you know, in Kansas, you have direct primary care. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the case. Direct primary care is codified. It's part of state law. Mm -hmm. That's not the case in Wisconsin. And for those who... um, may not uh, remember or didn't see the story last year, but the state legislature, in this last session, there was a bill that would do just that. Make uh, Spell out what direct primary care is. What it is, of course, is health care. It's not health insurance. But it, right. lay, it the bill would have laid that all out and would have made it so there wasn't any fighting with the feds. There wasn't any issue, legally speaking. Uh, right now, we just have this huge question mark surrounding it, if you will, and, and legislators looking to bring direct primary care into law are trying to navigate through, you know, the whole process, and now we, it failed at the Senate level, and now we're going through this committee work side of things. Uh, w- w- tell us about the Kansas experience, legislatively speaking. How long has this been a law in the state?
1: I believe we passed it in 2013 or 2014, and thankfully went through pretty easily. Um, we, you know, we had good support. We didn't get a lot of uh, kickback, and I think in part because it was still a growing movement uh, and wasn't recognized as something maybe special interest should should fight. Uh, thankfully, and um, I, I try to see the logic behind why people would. Um, oppose it and I, I think sometimes it's based in, in a good sentiment is they're unsure of the model or, or how it may help or hurt other people you know often this is called uh, concierge medicine and mm-hmm. so they'll worry that this is um, uh, health care for uh, rich people and we say well, well you know this is affordable care um, uh, rich healthy people don't need affordable health care they're right. rich and healthy so you know, uh, you know today for example uh, it's a perfect Story: We had a, a 21-year-old patient with a brain tumor. Her insurance was charged twenty-four thousand dollars for her chemotherapy, which we could get for nineteen hundred. Wow. So the insurance declined it, and and the family can't afford twenty-four thousand, but they yeah. can afford nineteen hundred over the course of the next six months. So it, it comes down to forty-one dollars a treatment. Well, that's that's pretty manageable. Um, you the so. This is, is really a tool to get more people, more care, more often at a better
0: price. Well, let's let's, um, let's be real about this. Why do you think there, is, there are lawmakers and, more importantly, special interest fighting against this? Um, the, the cost differential it tells you something about it, and I think it has a great deal to do with money and who gets a cut of what the current system offers.
1: I mean, I, I think the current system is broken. Um, I, I don't think there's anyone that disagrees with that, but sometimes everybody's a little surprised to find out how broken it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the twenty-four thousand probably is what insurance would actually pay, but it's it's a show game. Uh, we don't have this problem. Last time I go to Best Buy to buy a TV, the the sales agent steps away to give me a minute, comes back and says, "Look, we price match," and I found it three hundred dollars cheaper somewhere else. They did the homework for me because that's what good businesses have to do to earn customers and in healthcare we don't have that we have this this mess of a swamp that people have to try to navigate and they can't find the true price of anything and and what is charged and what is paid and, and paperwork. It, it's all too confusing. Just so. think,
0: you just think about that on the other side too. You bring up a great example. Go to Best Buy. You know, you go to any retailer. Think about that. But go to Best Buy and you say, "Oh, I see this television here, uh, this flat screen. I, it's uh, for six hundred fifty dollars. I'll take it. Thank you very much." Oh, I'm sorry. We have to send this through a third party, uh, and that price isn't necessarily well. Quite frankly, you would walk into you would walk into a Best Buy there wouldn't be a price there you'd have to send exactly. it out to a third party they would yep. determine what the what they would pay for it and then there would be a negotiated price and it'd be higher than you you had hoped it would be
1: and in six months you get a TV but not the TV you wanted
0: <laughs> exactly now that, that that sounds a lot yep. more like um, a system under the old Soviet Union than it does capitalist America a that's just bit. me yeah.
1: No, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it is. It's a, it's a broken system. And then to take the analogy further, if I found out Walmart had the same TV for $30, mm-hmm. 90% cheaper, I would never go back to Best Buy. They, they would have burned all of the social equity and trust that they, they strive to earn in, in one sales experience. Exactly. Um, so I do think the bigger pharmacies are going to have uh, this, this chiasm here when their patients realize that uh, the medicine that they have been paying a lot for uh, is really pennies on the dollar. I mean, we, we out-compete Walmart when it comes to prescription medicines. If it's on the $4 list and we get it for a penny, uh, one good example is uh, a blood pressure medicine. They'll sell you 90 pills, n- three months' worth, for $10, and, and that's a great price. We get 1,000 pills for $8, so they're mm. .8 cents each. Um, so Walmart, we expect Walmart to do better on every other product, but they just quit doing what made Walmart so good when it came to health care. Um, and I think that's why so many of these groups are terrified Amazon will come in. But and prescriptions is the self-fulfilling prophecy. I need insurance because prescriptions are expensive, so then I get expensive prescriptions, which makes my insurance more expensive. So we would never insure gasoline. The car... Insurance companies wouldn't even come to us and offer that because it would make no sense there's no value add um but then we're we're predictably irrational when it comes to purchasing. Health insurance. So it's it's a grassroots movement of educating patients that there now is a better way. Your five thousand dollars deductible that doesn't pay for much could be significantly decreased. You know, by our math, we could put you know five hundred dollars back into every household. The Trump tax cut only put a little over a hundred dollars back into the average household. So um, that would mean small businesses are healthier and and can grow. And, and more employees have you know, higher incomes, they're, they're spending less on insurance, they're getting more health care. Uh, this, this isn't us being brilliant, this is just basic economic principles applied to an industry that's really
0: forgotten these things. I like uh, your description of the industry, the healthcare system, the way it's set up—predictably irrational. <laughs> I think that is extremely well put. Just a minute left. Uh, my colleague uh, has uh, texted me, asked uh, me to ask you a question because he uh, covered the the hearing yesterday at the Capitol, and the scope statement by this the state uh, Wisconsin legislative committee includes recommending legislation to regulate. Direct primary care. The original legislation doesn't talk about regulation and more regulation. Can you uh, talk about where this potentially could go in Wisconsin, how that would differ from elsewhere, Kansas elsewhere, to regulate or not to regulate, if you will? (laughs)
1: The only state right now that has uh, anything close to regulation is Washington State, Mm -hmm. and um, they just require that the docs uh, register as a direct care practice and then once a year submit how many patients they have. Um, We still think that's unnecessary, but no other state regulates it. Um, uh, Our state did actually try to do that. Kansas Department of Health and Human Services uh, uh, said that they would need eight more employees. Well, at the time, we had maybe a of dozen course. direct care practices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was meant to be a bit of a, a budget-based poison pill, um, at least for Kansas. The idea that we need more regulation on physicians is, is a, a little ludicrous. Um, uh, yeah, we, we have all the normal things, again, State Board of Healing Arts and continuing medical education and, and all the other licensures that we have to do. So directing, uh, controlling physicians in a way, just because... They choose to work without insurance. I mean, it doesn't make sense. We, physicians doing LASIK surgery don't fall under that. Uh, plastic surgeons have done cosmetic surgery forever on a cash basis and don't fall under uh, additional regulation. Mm-hmm. So it, it just seems um, like a heavy handed. Uh, you know, government-based move, maybe with good intentions, but but definitely unnecessary.
0: No, Your, sto- your story is powerful. Your experiences are extremely powerful. Uh, you have been doing this for a while. I think it's a good guide of where we can go, as I said at the outset of our conversation. We're going to get out of this mess, the American health care system that we're in right now. The private sector will help lead the way. Doctors will have to lead the way. Doctors, of course, like Dr. Josh Umber. Thanks so much for your time, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. MacGyver News Service will continue to track the free market solutions to America's health care system dysfunction in the wake of Obamacare. I'm Matt Kittle for the MacGyver Report Extra Podcast.